Hey guys, welcome back to the Alpharetta's podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works, the late night edition. <sighs> my name is David DC, I'm creative director, Lee Ryder, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Ben. Hi. Jazz fingers. Is that a thing, jazz fingers, or I made, jazz, have I made jazz that hands. up? Jazz hands are a thing. It's or like, like jazz fingers? Pistol fingers. Also, we're joined by Laura, special guest. Yeah, hi Laura. Hi. And we just saw Guardians of the Galaxy numero two, volume two, the yep. second Guardians of the Galaxy. The uh, second Guardians of the Galaxy. In the sky universe, galaxy. in space, space and about, Guardians Chris Pratt of the Galaxy 2. Sure. And Minnesota. Sorry? And Minnesota. In what way? His dad so, was from Minnesota. Ah. Okay, so yeah. first of all, we Ben and I tried not to talk about it in the car, and we were like trying not to ignore you talking about it in the car. Beth. So give us your thoughts because you were eager. You were, you had uh, some stuff on top. Geez. Okay. Um, and now I've put you on the spot, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> no, let, give me give me a minute. Um. So I liked it. I mean. Yeah, I feel from, like we all came out of that like, fairly yeah, positive. It was good. The, yeah. yeah, it was it was fun. I it was good. Uh, um, some some of us some some people cried at the end. Not me, but some people. Oh uh, really? I really there. The hot, yeah. Also, like, as always, spoilers for the film. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Something about the the way that it wasn't. They didn't try and make it too sad. That was what got me. Is they would just they yeah. just made it like genuine and it kept progr- and then things kept happening and then I was like, oh, I'm getting sadder. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, like the the biggest thing was like um, the one sort of thing like towards the middle was like they kept sort of interrupting tension with funny moments, where it's like yeah. Whereas the first one, they were sort of. They felt like they were part of the moment, whereas there was a few moments like, yeah. Particularly towards the middle with the, where baby Groot's trying to get the little, uh, the, the fin, um, from uh, the Ah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, he's like walking through all these dudes. It's kind of, there's, there's a bit of tension there. And, and then, then it just... literally it cuts to him bringing them the wrong thing and then yeah, it they w- do the joke about six times. And I, I thought, it, I thought that was a, that was a good way of dealing with that trope, right? Because what you have, it, it's like the classic prison trope, right? Where it's like two people are in the prison and one person's got to bust them out. It's like the Captain Jack Sparrow will turn a scene. I'm well, no, thinking about Pirates. Trope of, just it was about. trope of the dog. Yeah, the well, that's what I'm saying. So, and, you know, you know, in that and scene where, to, like, you try to get the dog. To it's that exact joke in yeah. the first Pirates film where they're in the where Will's in the prison. He's trying to get the dog to get yeah. the thing, and then Jack walks down and takes the keys from the dog. Yeah, um, it's that exact trope, except they're both in the prison, and you've got Baby Groot, who is a bit of an idiot. Uh, you know what? I didn't get sick of it, but they were f- like, I didn't get sick of him as a character. But there were a few moments where I got annoyed at James Gunn for repeatedly reminding us that he was like a baby. Right. Like there would have been some scenes that I think would have been served better. So particularly when he's running the bomb inside and he's getting crushed, that was like I was like I was I was real upset by that. Oh yeah, yeah that, was, that was a bit rude. And when he was baby when he was Groot crying, I was like, oh. yeah. I thought that was when I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of it. Just reminded me that he was a baby. What would have been better is he was just getting crushed and anxious or whatever. And uh, I thought that detracted from the fact that when he was bullied, he cried, and when he was upset. Whereas I thought the fact that, you know, when he was getting crushed, I thought that detracted from the earlier scene. Because right. it kind of, I don't know, like the, the importance for Groot of the bullying is, is far more significant than physical pain because he knows that he'll, you know, he's, he's a tree person. He's going to be fine. Like he's aware of himself. Yeah. Whereas I thought the bullying was, was really compelling because it was emotional torment as well as physical. And I don't know. I just, when he was getting crushed, it was like, ah, oh, it's sad. But like they went straight for the, oh, it's a child getting hurt sadness instead of... Mm. Oh, the Guardians are... You know, it, I don't know. I just yeah. thought it pulled focus a bit. And no one in the cinema awed because it was the wrong time for that. Yeah. And that was kind of, there was a few moments like that. And I think it's what you were saying with, like, the comedic the comedic stuff. It just... Yeah. There was a few moments where I was like, ah, they kind of could have... You know, because the film, this one, is much more earnest than the first one. 
I think. Yeah. Um. Really? Well, I, thought, I, mean, I don't think it is at all. <laughs> I thought from a, from a narrative perspective, it's a lot more earnest. Like the first one is sure. The first one is like the first one is like you got a bunch of ragtag tesseracts. Yeah. They keep trying to steal it and then like yeah. sell it to people. You and got, then you got, yeah, you got a ragtag bunch of thieves who got to come together to help save the universe from an insane dude with a hammer, and then they solve it by dancing. Like <laughs> the first film is like quite. It's you know it's got a lot of levity, whereas this one it felt like they took that which I really enjoyed, and they were like, okay, well, how do we do this in a way that's going to make sense? And well, I thought I mean, it was the perfect sequel the for entire, that. The entire, like, kickstart for this film was just the fact that Rocket stole some fucking batteries. Yeah, and that's great. Well, yeah. That's, I, mean, I don't that's... think that's, uh, I, I don't think that's earnest, though. I think that's the complete opposite. Uh, no, I think no, that's no, no. complete okay. ridiculous. Well, you're talking about plot Not points. I mean, the narrative itself, right? Like, the narrative is, is a maturation plot where it's... Right. It's Peter Where it's Quill. like, oh, they're, they're not really working together and there's this tension between Rocket Raccoon. Well, it's, it's, it's a maturation plot for Rocket, for Gamora, and for Peter. No one else changes yeah. in that film. The yeah. only person well, who kind Nebula. of does... Well, Nebula, but that's that's yeah, that's that's nah, a that's that's still... a re- that's a redemption plot though. Yeah, true. Rather than a, a same same with Yondu. So Yondu and uh, <coughs> so what was her name? Karen Gillian's character Nebula. 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 They both have redemption arcs, whereas the other three characters sort of have maturation plots where they go from a state of naivete. So in Peter Quill's case, it's sort of impressive you know, how much character development they managed fuck, to. I mean, cram into this. It's, film. There's a lot of heavy lifting with, and then you look at what's. Oh, Drax. You look at the heavy lifting yeah. of oh, Drax God. and the love plot that they execute with that and the, the way that they do that kind of... Oh, it's j- like, so much work went into making these characters move. And yeah. it, I, I was so good. Drax laughed like 20 times in this film. He laughed a lot. <laughs> and it's, oh, I, I, I started noticing it where so many characters will just start laughing. See, that was one of the, one of the actual jokes that really fell quite well was the one where Drax is just losing it and then she touches him and goes... And just loses it as well. That was funny because Drax laughing isn't inherently funny, but the minute that someone else is on the same... Because we never see anyone else laugh with Drax. Yeah. yeah. That time... I fucking lost. I was like, oh, that's a good <laughs> joke. That's a great joke to start your second film with. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. And the... Oh, okay, can we talk about the, how the ending CGI battle wasn't an ending CGI battle? I've never been happier with Marvel. Do you know how in every Marvel film, there's a massive CGI climax where one big thing hits another big thing, and then a city gets nearly destroyed, and then there's a big CGI, like, fisticuffs? In some sure. way, so like Thor to the th- the Thor the Darkening. Yeah, there really wasn't much Thor of a second. fight in this. The the only thing. Well, you I get, mean, Peter Quill kind of goes super for the giant Pac Man. But they literally, well, that that, that was, was ridiculous. Just, but that was that very was Guardians. Funny, yeah. yeah, but like they punched on for a bit. But it wasn't it wasn't like I've got to defeat him to save the day. It was I'm distracting him so that other things can happen. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like it feels like every other Marvel film, like you look at like the end of um You gotta punch the thing to save the day. Yeah. yeah. And you've got you've got to have the big CGI for like, you know, Ghostbusters, you've got to stop all the things and then you've got to take down um Chris uh, Chris Evans with your guns and Chris then that'll Evans. save the day. Chris you mean Evans. Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth. <sighs> I picked wrong a Chris. different Chris. I didn't say Chris Pratt's the wrong Chris. I don't know the Chris. I don't know my Chris's from my Chris's. Yeah. Um Yeah. Wait, what? Who is it in? Chris Hemsworth. What did Hemsworth. I say the first time? You Evans. said Chris Evans. Which one's Chris Evans? Oh, he's Iron Man. No, he's Captain America. <laughs> I know my superheroes. Yeah, that's, that's Chris Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, that is Chris Downey Jr. You're right. Um, <laughs> no, I... Fuck. Last week, I forgot the names of the Star Wars films, so I'm on a roll at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what was is... it like Return of the... <laughs> okay, okay. Return of the Sith. I think I said... Yeah, re- yeah. No, it was Revenge, Revenge of, the of the Jedi. The, Revenge of the... I don't know. What? Yeah, I had a moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I thought that the way that they took the assets that they had and they were like, how do we actually do this this ending climax without it being like 
everyone assembles in the city and they fire lasers at each other. Instead, it was kind mm-hmm. of, okay, well, we've got to distract this to do this, to do this. And then, you know, all the, all the pieces fell into place and it didn't, never felt like super conceited. You know how often it'll be like, oh, the airships, we've got to crash two airships into another. The and then Iron, the Captain yeah. America's got to jump. They literally had me. the batteries from the beginning of the film. Yeah. And the, the batteries were the uh, Chekhov's gun, but they were also the inciting hook of the whole thing, which yeah. was a really clever way to deal with that. So instead of like normally what you do, which is you have something happen and then you you're like, oh, we better you know in the first one, um, Rocket mentioned he's got like a gun that has like one shot that's like a it's, it's like it's, it can kill anything right in the first film, and that's the Chekhov's gun at the start, literally a gun, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> um, and then at the end, that's you know they he uses it, and it doesn't save the day. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it was like the batteries that he stole that caused all of the mayhem helped him solve it, which I thought was kind of a neat way to deal with that. Well, yeah. it was it was also like weirdly consistent where. If you if you go like step by step through the decisions that all of the characters make, they're all based on the batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the decision for the um, like the decision for the the what are they called the renegades the Ooh. ravages ravages, ravages. Yeah. the decision for like them to stage the mutiny was because uh, blue dude was like Yondu Yondu he was like we're gonna take the batteries instead like we're not gonna yep. take them yeah. back. And, and then, like, that caused, that started the chain events. But still, you have the whole bloody yellow people. Ooh. Ah. Uh, <laughs> let's continue. You have the yellow people. The golden boys. Gold. Yeah, the golden... The well, they're gold, all girls, aren't they? The golden girls, yeah. Oh, no, there was a lot of... There was some boys. There were some boys. I remember um, they had a high priestess, but I don't remember what they were called anymore. They were, like, the... So, the so, sovereign. So, 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 sovereign. Sovereign. The sovereign. Yeah. Well done. Good recall. Nice, thanks. Nice like, that you were paying attention to yeah. something for once. <laughs> but, like, their whole, like, thing was just, we just want the batteries back. And then eventually they... And then they're they, like, no, we want to like, kill yeah, we all of kill them. the Guardians, which was a bit... And then they were like, we're going to make Adam, which is weird. So the ending so what credits... Is... So Adam is a dude that can shrink anything to any size. Which sounds like it's not useful. I thought it was like... I thought when they when they revealed it, that looked like a... um. It looked kind of like the uh the super soldier generator thing that Captain America was put into. Similar. And I thought it was like a thing where they were just like, oh, did, are they making like Let's juice one up? Like yeah, they I I was expecting her I to mean, say like we're is, gonna make super soldiers. People, but it is sort of that sort of from what she was saying, it's just like super like Yeah, uh, like I don't super know super race of them. It seems like what they're doing now is they're taking and I kinda like this about the adaptations that Marvel are doing, is they're taking a lot of the source material. And rather than just straight adapting, they're like, how do we make this fit into this world we've built? And yeah. so there was there was a Ravenger, ra- Ravenger, who Ravager. had, who had, Ravager? Ravenger. Is there Ravager. I think they're Ravagers. Ravagers. There was a Ravager who had magic from Doctor Strange in one of those, in, in one of the scenes toward the end. You know, you know, and they're sort of, they're teaming up or whatever. She does magical symbols and she has magic. Oh. Wait, who? One of the one of the ravagers in in one of the ending sequences when they've kind of ganged the, together. That, that group of ravagers. Yeah, and she the does ones the with two Sylvester the two Stallone magic. Oh, yeah. glorious leader. Which shows us that the magic exists in space, which tells us two things at once. A, the Sorcerer Supreme on Earth from Doctor Strange are just one sect of the Sorcerer Supreme that exists overall. Oh, God damn so it. we might get <laughs> Adam at some point because we saw his cocoon in um uh Guardians One in the Collector's um thing so it, i don't know they're doing these really cool things where they're trying to tie threads throughout the universe that aren't too obtuse that show you that they've thought things through mm. like howard the duck in that bar scene fucking am- i oh lost my, my god i was like yeah. it's howard the fucking duck the what howard the, the duck? howard the duck oh yeah the duck yeah, yeah. 
He's at the end. He's in the ending credits of Guardians One. Yeah, and they just drop him I in. I had no idea give they me, would actually bring him back. Give me a fucking then, give me a, give me a fucking Rocket Raccoon <laughs> and How the Duck, Body Cop film. Oh so bad, oh so bad. Oh no! Like, Fuck How the like, Duck's a good character. No, and like thirty-year-old Groot. What thirteen-year-old? You mean thirty-year-old? No, like what? Like uh, like on the edge oh, like, of like midlife crisis. Oh my <laughs> god, that'd be so good. Oh, no. Groot, and he's driving the spaceship. Like, Groot in in. In Guardians 1, Groot's like, how old's Groot? He's like pretty old. It's like... I'm nodding. He's like 100. Yeah, he's like super old. That's well, like... That's, it's such a he's weird... He's been around forever. Well, he ages really fast. Yeah, so the, he does. So the space yeah. between... So this was 32 years later from the first film. And Peter is 30, I think, in the first or 31. So this this follows on. This is only like a few months after the end of the first film. Right. Yeah. So Groot's aged from a stump in a box to being... A little guy, and then to basically being a toddler, to, and then to being a teenager. Well, we don't know the gap in time between. Yeah, but Chris Pratt hasn't aged. Yeah, but he's just, oh, he's not the model. And we also more. and we also know that the Guardians films follow roughly the same timeline as when they're released. So in real time, it's only been like we know that Infinity War, when it comes out, will have been X many years in the Marvel universe after whatever films came before it. Right. So we know roughly like how long the timeline is because that's how long the they've done a clever thing where they know the actors are going to age, so they're like. Mm. If it's been three years in real life, Chris Pratt's going to age three years, so he's going to be three years older kind of thing, which is kind of clever. Right. Yeah. But I would, if they did one of these every, like, three or four years, I would keep watching them. I mean, I Mm. wouldn't stop watching them. Oh, yeah. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, I don't know, it's just just fun. It was just fun and, like... Okay, can oh. we talk about Gamora's fucking badass gunslinger outfit that she fucking rocks now? Can we talk about the fact where she fucking, like, lost-planeted the goddamn, like, fucking machine gun? Just oh picked it God. up? She's insanely strong. Like, I didn't been, get that She's from been the lifting. First, like, goddamn. the first movie, but holy shit, yeah, she's she got just ass. picks it up. I was she's, like, um, oh. She's, yeah, she's, uh, enhanced. Like, fucking, she's, she's an alien mm. race, dude. Like, goddamn, like, she's fucking Earth, strong. Like, I mean, Earth defense I, force I sort of shit. picked it up when, when she's keeping Drax, like, with them. That's a good point. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, well, true. yeah she's pretty... Yeah, she's when the spaceship's buff, falling, yeah. that's probably a good indicator. I was like, that's, that's a lot of tension. Yeah. And then the best part about... The, okay, so a few things before we get into... They do a lot of screaming, her and Nebula. <laughs> well, that, you know, they had a rough it's childhood. just classical sister, <laughs> classic sisterly sisters. love. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. I don't know if I loved it throughout, but the, the way that they kind of took... Gamora from the first film and they made her more into she's very much more similar to the character in the comics in some ways like she's kind of changed a bit from the first one where she's sort of she's the voice of reason whereas Peter's like you know do whatever let's have a the good wild time gunslinger. Woo, he's the wild yeah. card where she's the one that's like why you know Drax is like gonna jump inside it she's like what are you that's insane and then he does it <laughs> and they have there's a great bit of banter at the start where Peter's like the skin on the outside is the same thickness as the inside. And she's like, don't you think I know that? Like, yeah. oh, that's such a good interaction. That's like uh, classic Guardians. Yeah. And that scene where they're on, uh, at the start, um, when they're protecting those batteries, that, I think, is a callback to, there's a uh, there's a comic recently, well, relatively recently, where the Guardians break up mm. and they sort of go their separate ways for various reasons. And it's an almost identical platform to that where that happens. And it's one of those small things where like, clearly James Gunn looked at the iconography in the comics and was like, that one. And I don't know. It's just kind of like a cool touch <laughs> that like it was very reminiscent of also, that stuff. Can we talk about how if you if you guys watch the 
pre thing that we did. Uh, these guys wanted uh, <laughs> shirtless, shirtless Chris, Pratt. Chris Pratt, and we got <laughs> it in like the first yeah, fifteen instantly. minutes. It was great. What was really was cool is that they hung a lampshade on it too, because like Gamora looked at it and it was like, "Really?" Like yeah. I thought that was kind of nice. <laughs> he um, he looked fucking good, and I loved his sideburns. I loved his his little mustache. Yeah, yeah his, his little, little like, facial hair, like slightly really dirty facial hair. Yeah, it really suits him. I think the I think my favorite part of the film was where he just like went. It's it's this characterization thing. You get it a lot in films, but like there's two types of characters, right? There's like well, no, there's there's two ways a character will react to like shocking news. There's like the character that will be like oh no it's so bad oh it's horrible and like all the music will get really sad and it'll be like long slow-mo shots and then there's the character that just pulls out both of their guns and just shoots the guy in front of them and just shoots all of their bullets it's like i'm so i'm so glad that's the thing how cool are the elemental guns in this film fuck i love peter's pistol because i know guns look so cool in this one they're like they're much longer um and they shoot much like like little weird beamy instead of blobs but they yeah, yeah they it's still kind of shoot like blobs, but like they're well, like, it's the same it's, mechanic. It's just he's they're more like long, they're more like revolvers rather than. Pistols. I just, I just, I just thought that scene was like, oh, it's happening. But I, that was like the greatest thing because it was like, um, yeah, not only is it showing the father figure being really evil, and like it, it didn't feel like it came. I, th- I thought the yeah, well, you, was, you expect Peter to respond to, but situations at the same like time, that. he's totally a mama's boy. Oh, oh yeah, but there I is. Mean, oh, they did. They did some stuff in that film that is like the, the scene where you, you saw like a snippet of it where they're lying in the field listening to the Walkman. Yeah, yeah. That shit hit me hard because that's from the, that's like one of the OG the, comics. Oh you my know, god. Like, yeah, and it's also in the game that Telltale just put out. Right, and like. Everything about that, I was like, oh, no, I'm having an emotion. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm just going to keep having feeling an stuff the response. more this film goes on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell did an amazing job as Ego, the living planet. Oh, he's amazing. Did this, you guys yeah. know he was a living planet before going in? Uh, no. No. Because the, no. the minute I saw Kurt Russell, I was like, he's Ego, the living planet. Like, <laughs> they're going to put a goatee on a planet. <laughs> like, I knew I was like, this is going to happen. They're gonna and they fucking did the shot with his face on the planet. Yeah, the yeah. Kurt Russell. I was yeah. like, what? That was that, pretty cool. So did you guys see that? Tel- did you see that coming? That telegraph that he was the planet? Um, I mean, he did say that he created the planet and like, I did sort of pick up on the fact that he sort of really belonged to the like planet when it started from the, the ho- fact that like he built it around himself yeah. and that he needed to come back there so that the planet would stay alive. I mean, when, when it was just a case of when it was just like, I started off and it was just like his brain. I was just like, like oh, he's the planet. He's like, yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. okay. He started off. But up until brain. that point, there was, you, you didn't No, Up until that point. Oh, that's so cool. I thought it was just I, like I, he just owned a planet. That's awesome. Because like I was like, well, because I, I knew uh, immediately the minute that I saw him, I was like, oh, right, okay, cool. It's Ego living planet. Um, they've never had him. Well, he's been. Well, is Ego actually is Ego actually his father? Well, in the comics, it depends on the version you look at. Right. Um, not all. Usually not. So because well, like my first thought was just like, well, if he's on the planet that he created, he could have just been like f- sort of temporarily bestowing the power of the light onto uh, him it's a bit to of a sort trick. of like trick him because oh, i was just like, he like i don't know he, yeah I, no I, he, I think he confirms in, it yeah in this continuity he definitely he is, is yeah but in the comics it's sometimes nova who's like the guy who yeah. started the nova Corps. there's a few different versions of it mm. but i thought this was cool because it it did that really clever thing where it gave someone that you know is special powers and then immediately for, took them away. But for a really good reason. Yeah. And then he did something with them. And then they, and then and got rid of for it. a good reason and the same reason he got them, they yeah. went away. 
And I thought yeah. that was a really neat way of being like, yeah, when they when they oh, sort remember, of, remember original Star Lord who kind of had superpowers. Well, this is kind yeah. of our homage to that. Yeah, when know? when they um, kind of revealed that he was like super powerful, I was just like, oh no, like I don't want him to be an actual god. But no. then it, then they kind of dialed it back. You yeah, know, and it was kind of um, it's kind of nice. Yeah. So I know you were you were saying in the car that you had something to say about the whole. Um, father figure turns out to be evil thing. Yeah, so I, I did mention that that was an interesting way to deal with that trope because one of the things that is really hard as a screenwriter, and particularly like any narrative, is like you want to have that betrayal feel inevitable but happen in an unexpected way, right? right. So like uh, a good example is like any story where you kind of when the, when the twist happens, you go, ah, oh, of course, what else could it have been? But you don't really see it coming. Mm. Yeah. So it's a surprise, but it's an inevitable surprise because all the pieces line up to make it that. I thought they did a really good, really, really good job of that because he drops hints throughout where he's like, you know, he kind of like shit talks Gamora a tiny bit too much. Mm. Um, uh, some of the stuff he says kind of telegraphs a bit of his intentions. And then you get the girl who kind of slowly reveals. And then you've got Gamora who's acting as the person interrogating that world. And it just kind of felt like... They didn't do it too. It wasn't like overwrought. Well, the second they went down that hole, I'm like, they're gonna find some shit down there. Yeah, and that was cool. I, I, right? I found the um the when he's like showing the timeline, the whole uh, it was like the 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 sort of images, I guess, or whatever models of like him just like macking out with just various aliens. I thought it was just the creepiest <laughs> oh, shit man. ever. I was it like, was that's bad. that's nasty, dude. Must- You'll have all kinds of like space diseases. <laughs> space STIs. Yeah. That's why he looks that's why that's why he looks like Kurt Russell now. He yeah. used to be real handsome and then he just fucked a lot of aliens. It's just I mean I mean he used to look like bloody fucking Hasselhoff. So How'd I mean, you feel about uh young CGI Kurt Russell at the start? I thought it was Did you know he was CGI immediately or not? Oh instantaneously I was just like that's that's a young Did Kurt Russell. Did you know it was Kurt Russell? Yeah. I, don't I, was, know. I yeah, instantaneously, I was just like, "That's young Kurt Russell." It took me a few That's... minutes. It was the hair that, that chipped it the off. The hair I, like, I don't really know very much who Kurt I've Russell is. I've seen a lot uh, of Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's films. been a long, around well, for no, because I've seen because I've lo- I've watched a lot of Kurt Russell films where he's actually young. Yes, oh, okay. so it's of... the Robert Downey Jr. problem where you've seen him. If you like, if the young CGI Charlie Sheen now, because you've seen him in like young Charlie Sheen in everything. Yeah, like you'd be like, "Oh, it's weird." Yeah. Yeah, like Ferris Wheel's Day Off. I guess like, it yeah. wasn't as bad for me. Yeah, it's I the don't one. Really Ferris Wheel's like... Day Off, not Breakfast no. Club. <laughs> wrong one. That well, that's one. good then. It's what I see. That's interesting to me because that means that when you go into films, you don't get like stuck with the same bullshit that we do. Where <laughs> I'm like, like that, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Kurt, Kurt Russell's Russell. been. I like, I knew Kurt Russell was cast in this film, and I'm like, oh, he's definitely ego. Who else could it be? That goatee, because I know that the planet in the comics has a goatee. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, can't, I, I thought that, I thought they dealt with that very well. Like it didn't feel insane that, that he was a planet. I mean, I, don't know. I thought it was. I thought there was jank going on because of the weird flower thing that he planted. Yeah, I thought that, that was gonna be like. Gave things I thought away he was gonna quick. be like when they were macking out over it, which like poop, poop shoot, you know, shoot up his seed into it, like literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I, not to be crude, but that's what I thought the implication well, no, was. He has a start. penis. They made well, that I've, very yeah, I clear in the well, film that he has a penis. Yeah, they, the did a, they did a joke about it. Yeah. and then Kurt Russell talked up his own dick. Yeah, Which, uh, you got to you got to respect the man who does that. A bit odd. Uh <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a wi- you know what that it was, was an fun? odd joke. Yeah, that was a joke that went a little bit too long. But I think it worked. It, I think it characterized Kurt Russell like as you know his his version of ego. I thought it characterized that pretty strongly because he's a person who spends all of this time alone, and the time he does spend with someone, it's with an empath who is basically like Stockholm syndrome. So I thought it was kind of like, of course he's going to respond to that because he doesn't really have like social conventions down pat because yeah. he's fucked so many aliens that he's kind of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And then the the moment when 
the the reveal that he put the tumor in her brain. Oh. Fucking cinema lost their mind. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't see that coming. I was like, what are you... I thought that maybe him fucking her gave her, you know, how like like in a like a um, Doctor Manhattan kind of like oh, if you yeah. fuck someone who's like magic, you get like you get, you get, you get cancer. Spider Man yeah. had that one time where right. his spider semen got Mary Jane cancer. <laughs> uh, what? What the? <laughs> fuck? I'm not kidding. It's like radioactive sperm. Yeah, well, because you got bitten up, by a radioactive spider. Because he knocked the fuck up. <laughs> it kill it kills her. Uh, it's right. a fucking sad comic. That um, sucks. It's like, well, I just wanted to. Well, it come starts inside. off with like a sad middle-aged Spider-Man. You don't know what's wrong, and he's like real having a hard time of it. Oh, no. And all his villains are like trying to kill him, but they're geriatrics. So we can't really beat them up. And then it ends with him going to Mary Jane's grave and the reveal that his spider semen killed her. It's not important. Oh, no. um, <laughs> uh, it's not reveal. important. Uh, but what, I don't know what point. Oh yeah. So I thought I thought the implication was that maybe Kurt Russell he would uh, uh, have sex with these aliens. They would birth his child, and then but hey, having sex with him as a god would give them like cancer or something. Yeah. I thought that was the implication. No, but no, no, it was he literally put it like, in. he was like, I don't want to be distracted. Time to kill a motherfucker. Like I had, just I, ISIS like I see cold. the motivation and I see like how that works in this character. As but holy fuck. shit, that I, was like yeah. probably like, if there was ever a way to make a character instantly evil. That was it. It's yeah. It's kill dogs, be a Nazi, and put a tumor and, in, and put a tumor put in. Put a tumor Star-Lord's, in Peter Quill's mom. Yeah, yeah. Peter Quill's but mom. I thought, I thought, uh, I don't want to be oh, that guy, man. but I thought that you know, it, it's one of the things that they always say on movie maintenance, um, which is that every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story, right? And I think that that was why that's why Kurt Russell's character works so well. That's why Ego works so well is that he genuinely thought that that was his purpose in life. Yeah, and yeah. so when he put that tumor in Peter Quill's mother. What he was saying was, well, this is the sacrifice that I have to make so that I can fulfill the thing that yeah, I, think I have he, to do. Yeah, he had that, that line where he's Which like, is, if, I, if I went back for the fourth time, uh, he, would I would have stayed. And, uh, you know, Shit's I had tragic. to. tragic. It's just, that, oh. that annoyed me so much. I was like, you Because then you empathize and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Because you expect him to be like, I never loved your mother. But of course he's like, look, I honestly, I I couldn't have, if I went back, I would have st- And then I couldn't have done this. So you're I had like, to kill you- her. And Dick there's, munch. There's, and then and then you get and then there's a beat where they let you sit on it like yeah. that it was so well directed you get you get this oh, moment yeah. to sit on it you get to see sort of you know Him Peter Quill slowly react yeah. and, and then eyes... it snap and then just oh, bang bang yeah. bang and that that beat that it, pause oh. it interested me that they did the thing with his eyes where they go all starry and that signifies that he's sort of under the guy's control I thought that was him. I, I I thought that was ego. Um, like showing him stuff, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I, something like that. But like, but it did feel like that trope where it's like someone's eyes go black because they're evil. Yeah, yeah, it felt yeah. a bit like that. It did but literally at the same start time, off as like, that. Like it, yeah. it's sort of the the stand-in for in cinema. You can't really show people's thoughts and like. It is really hard. Yeah. So instead, eyes, because the eyes are the doorway to the soul. Windows. That windows um, doorway. You can't open an eye. <laughs> just, just crack it open. Have a look inside. Grab a scalpel. You'll be fine. Just uh, get the key and just. Hello, hello. is anyone home? Hello, um, hello. No, but uh, you're right. I thought that was a really good way to convey that without it being too like it wasn't too. You know how like in the third Spider-Man film when I mean his, Peter, the gets, act- Peter the act- gets evil and then oh, like God. they try and. They try and make him evil by being Venom. a dick to the hot girl across the like way that is always nice to him, and you're like, why? <laughs> you're like, why? I don't get it. And then, uh, whereas in this, it was much yeah, I thought it was a much more subtle way of conveying that internal monologue. I mean, his acting did get did get a bit hammy when he had the glossy eyes. 
Well, that's just because he he acts a lot with like Chris Pratt's a very much an eye actor. He's so charming. He does a lot up here. So when the when the direction is keep your eyes put open, these, put these green <laughs> keep your eyes on. open and like yeah. just glare around. It's it like he loses all of his acting ability. S- they were like, oh, right. now now move around jerkily because you're not yourself. And it's like, mm. yeah, yeah. I think it probably hit the nail on the head. That was a bit. Um, it was a bit. It was a bit weird looking. Like it didn't look yeah. authentic, which is ironic given like the some of the CG scenes in this. They should have like, just given more body direction, like make him like fall onto his knees or something, and be like, oh, and start like kind of like cowering almost. That would yeah, been, that would have like, been really kinda, interesting. And maybe don't even do the eye thing. Yeah, but I thought okay, can we talk about? There were some action scenes in this that, like, I thought were fucking breathtaking from, like, a direction perspective. The scene where Yondu is going through the Ravager ship and killing everyone, mm. and you... F- and uh, that was awesome, just, but oh, that yeah, wasn't just, as good as the first scene with the eye dart when he, um... Uh... When it's... When... when So, there's, like, there's like two sections. So, there's when they break out, and then he does the... Yeah. And right. there's a scene where, like, it goes dark, and oh, God, he does it. The arrow zips around. I, I was like, Whoa. man, that was so nice. Oh, yeah. I just, there were so many scenes in this where I was just mesmerized by how beautifully directed. There was some a shots. A lot of that's entirely CGI with like mostly practical effects on the ground. Well, it was, yeah. Oh, man. There were like some shots that were like legitimately just like, you're like, huh. Like when Gamora is kind of, when she's off on the, um, on the planet where she's just like sitting alone before she gets attacked by a Fuck nebula. Hell. Like that, like the color scheme and like the vibrance and like the cinematography, it, nothing, everything about that scene was just like perfect. No, nothing else, nothing else has ever looked like this film does. No, and like there were moments in this where I just was like, "How do they do that?" Oh, it's insane. the 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 um the sequence at the start with the credit sequence. Oh my god! Where you've got the battle going on, and they it did was this. So good. They did this clever thing where you would get snippets of stuff in focus in the background. Yeah. That put you. Like it gave you like a sense of the location, but yeah. it was never too much. And you got the action. I was like, "Who? Th- where did James Gunn come up with that?" Like it's just <laughs> baby Groot just well, dancing. Yeah. No, oh, like, so oh. good. That that intro for me was like the the moment where it's just like, "Yeah, I'm on board." Oh, it was I my, was it like, was my yes. "I'm on board" moment. And then he smashed the speakers, I, yeah. and I was like, "On." Oh. And then and then, and when then he, baby well, Groot he gets broke. Angry. There was there was a fourth wall break there as well, where he like bounces off the camera. That's there's, amazing. There's like a little oh, really? bit. I didn't notice that. Yeah, where he bounces off the camera. Um, there was like a slight fourth wall break. I, love I was that. I was wondering if they were going to acknowledge it, where like what? if Groot would like look at the camera, but like he bounces off the camera. Amazing. I was just I, like, oh, subtle fourth wall break. The the music in this. So okay, I'll say this: they did a really good job of not. You know how in the first film the music was like the hero, right? They did a really good job in this of making it feel organic and part of the story, right? Because they knew that none. They they knew that. No, you can. No one can ever do Guardians again. The you, first yeah, one. Yeah, you can't no can, pull off the intro scene to Guardians One again because that was the legendary. First time you see that, I wish, I wish I could see that again for the first time. Oh, because yeah. the first time that that it goes from black and it cuts and the music hits and you get Peter Quill dancing through that oh, like man. that was that was that's the a, that that's, was the only introduction you needed to that film and you're just like yeah I'm he kicks yeah. he picks up the thing and he sings into he it sings and then he kicks it, it. Oh, man, it and then so the good. the title credits play. The, the 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 title card comes up. That scene, no, no one can ever do anything like that again because no one's ever done anything like that in a film. Yeah. This, as a sequel, did a really good good thing with a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the yeah. The places. music was just yeah. sort of part of it. Um, it felt organic and it wasn't like oh we've only got one mixtape. It was like we've got and they sort of played around with the volume as well. Where like during 
the, particularly I noticed this during the action scene with Rocket Raccoon fighting the Ravagers. Yep. Um, where the music would sort of, it would swell um, at certain points when he was like doing action mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And then it would like recede back into the background a bit. Actually. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know what the coolest thing about the music is? And this Sad. is more of a characterization thing. In the first film, all of the music was just this weird stuff that Quill would listen the to. one mixtape. Yeah. But in this one, every single character oh, listens to the music. Oh, they're all listening to it. Like yeah. Rocket listens to like it. It's like real life. Like, yeah, yeah, like they're it's all... Like real life. Even, even like the, uh, that... Mecha- that Ravager mechanic guy who runs away. Oh, with- he's from he's from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, like he's even my, he's, even he's, he's uh, listening to like shit. What's his name in Gilmore Girls? I don't know mm. his name in this. In this. But even he's listening to her. Like it's this weird thing yeah. where like it's almost like because everyone knows that Star Lord is like save the galaxy, and he's like, yeah, I listen to everyone this music. To everyone listens to eighties and seventies. Everyone listens to seventies and eighties music. The um. Uh, what was what was the thing that he got at the end? Was it a zine or a zune? Or it was a, a zune, which I think is I, the funniest the fucking funniest gag. reference. Because it because those a, things are complete garbage. No one uses because it's always an iPad. They're so obsolete. It's always right an iPad now, in the comments. For him, for him, it's like joke. so new. But for us, it's like archaic. Yeah, for it's us, so it's like good. the zune. Also, fuck them for using that song in that scene. And what? then you get the funeral. The fuck, I don't know what that song is. What? Uh, it's Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Fuck them. That, that I, song is I so painful. Fuck up. They started yeah. playing that and it got, you know that like small part of your chest where there's like that little like empty Literally space? the moment I saw, because I, I listened to a lot of Cat Stevens as a kid because mm. my dad is yeah. like one of those people. Right. And like the moment like it came up and I was like, oh no. Oh no, it's this song. I was like, oh, it's going to happen. It just, and then it gets, and then it keeps getting more and more emotional and then you get that awesome scene where you think Gamora's gonna say something to Peter but she goes to her sister and I was like yes and then <laughs> they have that great scene where there's no resolution that's yeah. a really clever thing about the ending of this film you get these nice little dovetails but there's no like overarching resolution you know Gamora still wants to kill Thanos she can't do it by herself we know that you, but mean, nebula. you mean Nebula Oh, shit, I don't know any of the names of the characters. Nebula still wants to kill Thanos, and Gamora goes up, you know, you have that nice interaction where Gamora kind of puts herself on the line, and she's like, look, I was as scared as you were. I just never really thought about what that was going to mean for you, and that was a nice way of showing Gamora's growth from the start of the film, where she kind of realizes that maybe her pe- her feelings for Peter aren't a problem. Yeah. And that maybe she can be a sister and this person involved in the world. And hopefully, if we get a Guardians 3 or they're in Infinity War, what we'll see is a team who's together and not like that tension's kind of going to kind of fall to the wayside. Because Rocket's kind of on board. Um, Yonder's, Yonder's death was like, that was tough. Oh, that was painful. Because you get the... Because uh, you have the Kurt Russell, Ego the Living Planet thing as his real father. But of course, it was, you know, it was Yondu the whole time. Yondu, Yondu, the entire Yondu, and you get Yondu dad, redeeming yeah. himself at the last second, but then the sacrifice isn't noble because you don't want him to die. Uh. He's so awesome <laughs> and cool and such a good uh. person. And then he's dead, and then they make it worse by doing that fucking funeral scene. Uh, the ravage of And I was like, I was like, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? And then they do fireworks, and I fucking cried. <laughs> yeah. I Fucking! You claimed at the beginning of this that you didn't cry, but they so they're they're standing on the deck, right? So that this is I'll tell you exactly what went through my mind. So they're sitting <laughs> yeah. on the deck, yeah, uh, and they're looking out, uh, and and all the ships are coming in, and then you know the guy does a little cheer, and there's a moment where Gamora's like, you know, they they look at each other, Peter and Gamora look at each other, 
And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And then they have that little nice little moment. They don't ruin it by having them kiss. Yeah. And then they kind of put their arms around each other, and then the fireworks keep happening. And I was like, oh, that's the I guess that was me. And I just, <laughs> had, I just cried a bit because, fuck, this – I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the pacing. It was a narrative structure. But that's, that's how you end a sequel to one of the best and most creative films of all time. That's how you end that, right? Like, yeah. you, t- you take this thing that no one's ever done and you make a sequel that looks like nothing anyone's ever done with an insane premise and an insane cast. The thing is, like, it ended and I was like, I, my, my, my feels are just destroyed and I, how can you end it like this? But at the same time, I'm like, this was perfect. And again, it's, it's, it's exactly what, what we were talking about before. It's, it's, it's inevitable, but it's a surprise. You know, it's surprising, mm. but it's, 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 yeah. it, it couldn't have ended any other way. And that is such a great way to... You know when Rocket gives... He's like, I've got the one spacesuit and I've got the one rocket pack? Yeah. And you're like, what is... What, like, why, why is that a problem? I have no idea what... I was like... What? And then the minute that um, uh, Yondu sweeps in and saves him, you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Mm. Like, and oh. it just... Because in the... Here's... Okay, little MacGuffin talk. In the first film, Peter Quill always has his rocket shoes on. In this film, he didn't because the ending sequence would have been ruined if he had them on. Yeah. Well, he was using the rocket pack. But why? Again, yeah, I know. But like, yeah. but it doesn't. I, I know I that mean, they if, got rid. If, they got rid of them if, for that reason, so that that ending sequence has. If he tension. had them, he could have just. That's the reason why and they the destroyed is, he, his he uh, his mask. Rebreather. Yeah, yeah, they 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 destroyed that, and he gave his rocket pack to. Drax, because Drax didn't wear it, which they established earlier on. In because the film. of the nipples. Nip nips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, how cool is the tech in these fucking films. With oh, my the God. And so just ha- keep getting. Oh, fuck, it's cool. Although, I, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like he should have had the rocket shoes and they could have... <sighs> just and destroyed them with the mask, with the rebreather. Or, like, done. when he when he's punching on with old mate, he could have... I don't know. It just felt like we didn't get it. Like, I don't know. That's just not like an iconic yeah, Star Wars thing. thing. The thing about that as well is that, like, they didn't really... You can't... You have to convey that... The other characters know that he that his tech is broken. There. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. I didn't really thought of that because they know that he because gave the pack to Drax. If they don't know that his tech's broken, they can't save him. Yeah, but there's an eloquent solution to that somewhere in there. Like, so something you talk about in writing a lot is escalation, right? So, like, if you then said, "Well, Peter's shoes are broken. No one knows that they're broken. He can't rock it out of there." How is he going to get out of it? Like, then it's up to the writer to be like, now I've painted my character into the deepest well possible, like the deepest pit possible. How's he going to get out? And writers come up with that shit at like 3 a.m. in the middle of the night when they're taking a shit. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, and, and like, you know that you've stumbled into a shit at 3 a.m. Good question. But you, you, you never had diarrhea. Um, <laughs> no, uh, like, that's how you know you've got a good story is when you've written your characters in, into such a deep hole that you're like, how am I going to get them the, out of the this? The talent in yeah. being a writer comes from writing somebody out of that corner without bringing in Deus Ex Machina. Correct. And 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 then, and then what you do when you've done that is you go back through the story and you seed that solution. So in this case, it's the batteries at the start that cause the whole story that end up destroying you go to the living planet. And then, of course, it's um, Yondu uh, taking that mission in the first place that ends up saving Peter in the end. But that only happens because... What you end up realizing is that all of this shit is interconnected, and that actually Kurt Russell's, yeah, Kurt Russell's actions of killing all of those kids and all of those people and aliens were actually the reason that Peter Quill was saved. But they're also the reason he was there in the first place. I don't know. It's, it's just so clear. It's all it's so well done. Yeah, and they painted him out of that corner so well. But 
there's just no reason for him not to have the rocket shoes on. Because it was such an integral part of the first yeah. one. I don't know, it's just that was yeah. an odd choice. I don't know. Um, um, another note, um, one thing I was just thinking is that, you know, I didn't realize how Ego's name was spelt until they actually put it up on the screen. I, yeah, was I didn't like, realize oh, it Ego was actually as, Ego, as yeah. Turns, okay, yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of Ego. I thought the name cards were pretty good because they weren't obnoxious. Well, they were better than fucking Civil War. Literally where they were like the whole film. thing and like oh, God, Open yeah. Sans font bold. <laughs> Um, Comic Sans, <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I've become yeah. such a fun nerd. Um, no, I thought they were good, and I, you know, it it gave you enough sense of place that. And, and th- that's when his name really started to seem wanky. By the way, uh, well, when you figure out what type of ego we're talking. They they did a clever job of hanging a lampshade on it by having everyone being like, "That's a fucking dull name." <laughs> Instead of you being like, "Wait, ego." The f-? See, I knew it was ego the living planet the minute I heard ego, so I was like, "Oh, of course." But like, the minute that everyone's like, "Ego's a dumb name," I'm like, oh, "He's gonna be a planet later." Um, <laughs> it's even more ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, f- uh, closing thoughts, final emotions, feelings. It was good. Yeah, I had a right. I don't know. I you know what I'm like for a good. I'm a sucker for a good story. I, I was, think for me it was it was the kind of thing where it was like because it wasn't the first. Like I don't from a film perspective, it is yeah, it's as good as the first one. From like a cultural it didn't perspective, shock you like the first one. Yeah, it didn't just like come out of nowhere and just be like. This is what Guardians Galaxy is. Yeah, but, but they didn't have to do that though. They just had to give us a good experience. Yeah, I see, good. I see what you're saying though. Nothing, it's like no one, no one's ever going to do the Dark Knight again. Yeah, no one Fair. can because it's been done. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. But I thought, as far as sequels go, for a film that was really groundbreaking, I thought it was a perfect yeah. sequel. For yeah, that. it didn't retrace too many steps, which yeah. was good. No, that's a, I think well, it's probably well apart from you know they save the galaxy again. Which that is a running trope in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But the best part of that is they always do it by fucking accident. They're like, oh, <laughs> shit, we have to save the galaxy again. Yeah. Fucking it's like, hell. oh, we're in this situation where uh, we have to save the galaxy. Yeah, okay, it's I guess great. we'll do that. And yeah. we'll get paid, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I oh, I want to see it again. Um, I had such a good time, but I don't want to have so many emotions again, so I don't know. I have to space right. it out. Uh, but as always, it's that time of the week, Ben. Where can people find us? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, uh, so thanks as always to our two top patrons at the moment. So we've got Jordan and Anonymous are still our top two. Uh, if Anonymous, send me a message on Patreon. We want it, we should chat. Um, I don't know who you are, so you actually have to say David wants to know your name. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want to chat. Right. Anonymously. Uh, and this episode is always brought to you by DigitalOcean. They're an amazing uh, web hosting service. Fucking nailed it that time. Now I've ruined it. Uh, if you go to dcm.work slash ocean, you get $10 of credit on us. They're super easy to use. You can set up like a server in about 60, well, they say 90 seconds. It took me a little bit less than that. Uh, if I can use them, anyone can. I'm an idiot. Um, they have great deals. They have great customer service. They send me really nice emails as well, which yeah, I've mentioned nice. several times. They send me nice like, uh, we've noticed that your traffic's higher than usual. Did you? Is that intentional? Or are you getting like bot attacked or DDoS or something? And I'm like, no, we just have a successful podcast. That's all. <laughs> That's you guys out there. Uh, but yeah, so check them out, ocean. You get $10 of credit. It's about two months worth of hosting. They're an awesome service. We use them to host the podcast. And if you do that, it helps us out, helps out the show, helps you out. It's all good. Everyone holds hands. And as always, I'm at DCM, I hate pie. Not literally, Ben. Okay. Not literally. <laughs> I'm at Little of Citrus. That's what you do to Twitter handle, Laura. Oh, that's how Laura that Ducky B. And wait, hang on. Let's see if the cat's still awake. I want to... Let's say, oh, oh. Is the cat going to say something? Nope. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that'll show up.
The cat was here the whole time for yeah. like, audio listeners. Don't know if he's If you want to see the cat's head periodically, just go to <laughs> youtube.com slash DCMworks and we'll see you guys next time. Keep, uh... Keep on keep, keeping on. Keep, yep, that one. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Again. Yeah. Work the seal. Yep. That's what happens when you die back. I don't know if that's how that works, to be honest. I have no idea how diabetes works. I assume it's bad. No, I, I meant, I meant. Oh. <laughs> Laura, I am not a man of science.